right. Welcome back to the Hall Pass podcast. This is our season one, episode five. Today, we'll be delving into teacher recommendations and how to build relationships with your teachers. Just to kind of go over a few basic knowledge about teacher recommendation letters. Teacher recommendations are required for most schools on the common application and can be requested by schools like UC Berkeley after you apply to them. So some students get um, an email notification that says, hey, we want to reach out to your teachers or can you reach out to your teachers to get recommendation letters um, after your application is already in. Teacher recommendations provide insight to admissions on your characteristics, your personality traits, your abilities beyond just an academic student in the classroom, which is why they're important. They kind of supplement the uh, personal statements and the essays that you'll be writing in the college application. Most colleges will require two recommendation letters and some will allow you to have one or two more supplemental recommendation letters. We'll delve into this a little bit more in a moment. So the when and the how. When do I ask for recommendation letters? Recommendations should be informally asked at the end of your junior year, formally asked in the beginning of your senior year, at least one month before your applications are due, ideally before Thanksgiving break, because your teachers do not want to be spending their Thanksgiving break writing recommendation letters. How you should approach them So at the end of your junior year, you might want to informally approach your teachers and just give them a heads up. Hey, you know, I really appreciated the way that you taught or our relationship. And I would love an opportunity for you to write about me in an application and then just give them a heads up about about that. And then in the beginning of your senior year, you may want to ask your teachers if they require any materials from you, such as a resume or a senior profile. Some some teachers want like a brag sheet. Um, Your high school may provide this if you go to your college counselor or you go to your career center they might have a senior profile or brag sheet Uh, some teachers might even ask you for a college sample college essay if necessary so any or all information that they can use to to help them write the recommendation letter to the best of their ability is probably what you want to ask them um so anyway those are the basics welcome back everyone all my boys what's going on hey jen all right so again this is jenny wheatley this is our season one episode five we're delving into teacher recommendations and building relationships so let's dive right into it why do recommendations matter the reason why a lot of colleges want to see recommendation letters is because they provide a chance for uh, the, stu- the, the teachers to show something that test scores and grades can't necessarily show. And so it can sp- uh, the teachers can speak to your academic performance and your intellectual promise, but also it helps provide personal opinions of your character. So they can answer questions like, does this student work hard? Is he respectful? Does he show leadership ex- uh, experience in the classroom? Is he responsible? And they present an opportunity for admissions officers to get to know the students better um, and see how they behave within an academic setting. And just to actually say one more thing regarding how early you should be asking for recommendation letters, um, teachers, some teachers are very popular for rec letters. And so you definitely want to ask as soon as you possibly can to give them a good amount of time to write your rec letters before they get flooded with a bunch of recommendations too. I might get in trouble here because I I don't know. I I look at recommendation letters almost like I look at referees in a sports game. Like you only notice them if they're bad. Right, so when you, when you get a recommendation letter, you have every expectation that it better be good, right? Because you have four years to build a relationship, a good relationship with just two teachers. Like your recommendation letter better be freaking good if, if it just takes two teachers to make a good impression, right? So if you're a college admissions committee member and you're reading the recommendation letters, you expect them to be good and glowing, right? And if they're anything but that, then that's a red flag, 
right? So, and if you're applying to Stanford and Harvard, they better be glowing. And if they're not, probably a pretty big red flag. But 99% of the time, if I'm reading these letters, I'm skimming through them and it's going to be, oh, this student works hard. This student does this and does that. And it's over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Because you think about it too, this is the one area of a student's application that's completely out of their control. Right. So you might get a teacher who is overburdened and overworked and has the flu and just wants to spend time with their kids and family. So they use pretty much a form letter with all oh, the students hardworking. The student does this. The student does that. Does that. And it's just kind of run of the mill. Yeah. Right? I would say there are some pretty outstanding recommendation letters that I've seen, though. Some so that, that are- that's the two, I think. Right. Like one, either your recommendations are letters are bad or they're excellent and exceptional. Or they're just kind of, yeah, run of the mill and right. they're not really anything anything special right. but there are some recommendations that i've read from students that are really really exceptional like we have a student mm -hmm. who who got accepted accepted to stanford recently and she got a recommendation letter from her principal and the principal never writes recommendation letters for anyone and, mm -hmm. and what he wrote for her was outstanding mm -hmm. and if a, a, a college admissions officer reads that i think that can go a very long way in helping to get a student to to be accepted into a good college. yeah i think travis your points on sticking out were spot on because <clears throat> there's like the standard form letter good. There's a standard form letter bad. And yeah. you kind of get through more goods. The bad ones you kind of read and you're mm -hmm. like, whoa, why would you get a bad mm -hmm. recommendation letter? But then you have the glow, mm -hmm. the glowing ones. I think the one you were talking about, Richard, mm -hmm. uh, and, and those are the ones you, you just, your antenna as an admission officer go up a little more. Mm -hmm. And you're like, why? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of, it gives you a window into that student that you don't have a face-to-face -face interview. You're just like, whoa, there's an unbiased perspective or there's an outside perspective, not a family member, not a relative, talking about this person. And if it's a page, page and a half, you, you really get some information of, of how that person is as a human being. Mm -hmm. and I think to get into a REACH school, like, like a Stanford, Stanford's a REACH for anyone. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't care what your GPAs and SATs are. If you, if you have perfect everything, you still need to be some sort of exception. It, it's a REACH. And I think your recommendation letter absolutely has to be glowing to get into a Stanford. You for have sure. to be that exception because Stanford only accepts the exceptional, right. right? So I think that to get into that school where you're like, okay, this is my super reach, you're gonna need to be that student that really caught the eye of a principal who doesn't write recommendation letters. Mm -hmm. But I think for the most part, like if you're getting into a USC or UCLA or you know an Alabama or an LSU, your recommendation letter, I really don't think that, I would put this at the very bottom of in order of importance on your application. Of the main elements, right? Right, right. So I'd add to that, um, what exactly is a letter of recommendation? Um, for the common application, uh, it might be surprising to some parents and students to realize it's not just the letter that the teacher has to fill out. The teacher gets most of the times invited through, if you're applying to private schools, most likely through the common application system. And when you go there, there's not only an upload for the teacher to put the letter, there's also a chart that um, oftentimes a teacher has to fill out. And I just want to point out how this chart looks, okay? So along the, um, as it goes downwards, there's, there's a category such as academic achievement, intellectual promise, but it even goes deeper than that. It goes into creativity, goes into maturity, leadership, integrity, reaction to setbacks, concern for others. So it really is trying to understand not only the studentship, but as also the, I guess, the personality, the, the character of the student. And then you look at how they quantify it. There are three top categories. The third to the top is excellent, top 10%. Then there's the second to the top, outstanding, 5%. And then there's this ridiculous category that I feel like almost all Stanford students need to be checkmarked on, which is 
I kid you not, this is what they say. One of the top few I've encountered, top 1%. So I just want to put that out there. It's not just the letter sometimes that teachers are writing out. Yeah, so I, I want to kind of add and piggyback to everything that you guys are saying and also summarize. So um, a lot of times teacher recommendations provide evidence to what a student did at that school. So for example, if a student wrote in their extracurricular activities that they are a president of a club and that they changed the world in their community and they did this and they did that and a teacher also spoke to those sentiments and those facts, that will give admissions a reason to believe that the student really made a difference. Um, and so a lot of times having a supplemental like a teacher recommendation letter that provides that combination of, hey, I did this in my application and this is what my my teacher is also speaking towards uh, that's going to play really valuable in your in your application so let's kind of move on from here um, a lot of parents and students ask me two really big questions number one should I get a rec letter from a teacher that I got a B in and then the second question is can I get a rec letter from my P teacher my band teacher my dance teacher etc my art teacher right so First question, should I get a rec letter from a teacher I got a B in? Honestly, it does not matter that you got a B in a class as long as your relationship with the teacher is solid. It, what I mean by this is sometimes the course is very difficult, but the teacher sees how dedicated and committed you are in that in that class and therefore may speak very highly of you. Sometimes teachers may write about your B and say, hey, you know what? I just want you to know that 99% of my students in my class get C's. So the fact that this student got a B is going, it's speaking a lot towards their academic prowess. So I think that, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing to get uh, a rec letter from a teacher with that you've gotten a B, but on that flip side, um, if you got a B in a class where most of the students in your class got an A and you're not doing so hot in that class, you know, and, and you're not and trying to do better. In exactly. The class, yeah. Then probably you might not. So at the end of the day, kind of calculate your your relationship with your teachers to see, you know, how don't worry so much about the grade, but rather your relationship, your foundational relationship with that teacher. Yeah, just one key point. I wanted to uh, chime in with the calculus of that when you're thinking about whether you should ask or not. If it's an AP class and you ended up getting a five on that AP test, that B gets minimized because you obviously mastered the, yeah. the situation and mm -hmm. the teacher was probably hard. So all things you said, I completely agree upon, but you mm -hmm. can also kind of use other elements of your standardized test scores and stuff to Balance that. give you a more informed decision. Yep, absolutely. And, and two, you know, we know the admissions committee, they know what your grades are, right? We, we have that from your GPA and your transcript and everything. They're using the recommendation letter, I think, to assess your character not necessarily your abilities as an academic student. There, you know, you don't, your recommendation letter is probably not gonna say, oh, this student is really, really smart. They didn't even have to try in my class because they're so brilliant, right? They're looking to see how you worked with your classmates, how you worked, how you collaborated. Were you a good, a good person to have in your class? It's just more of a measure of, what kind of a student am I going to be bringing on to my college campus? And it should say those things mm -hmm. because sometimes teachers do not write recommendation letters that may speak to those things just because, you know, either they didn't have training on how to write rec letters or they're just not sure how to write rec letters. And so that's why you need to be very aware and in tune with the teachers on campus. Yeah, you got to be on that wavelength because you could be the smartest guy in class, smartest girl in class, but you can also be 
a punk about it, mm-hmm. you know, not mm-hmm. sharing. And teachers pick up on that. Yeah. They know if you're a collaborative kind of student and, you know, you don't yeah. want those elements to sprinkle into your recommendation, even though you're one percent in right. academics. You know, there's, there's definitely like the, the other type of student, not not a student who's struggling in class, but is it has a really good character. But mm-hmm. on, the, on the flip side of that, a student who's getting straight A's is clearly very brilliant, mm-hmm. but has just not the best personality. And we've actually seen a recommendation letter from a student like that mm-hmm. who was probably one of the top one percent of students that a lot of the teachers have ever seen but actually try to get one of his teachers fired and that was yeah it was, it was terrible for his recommendation letter and obviously and so he got waitlisted to a lot of these different schools who thought that that was a big concern that's that's absolutely correct that's hilarious. so uh the second question is a recommendation letter from a PE teacher an art teacher a dance teacher okay now my first and foremost recommendation and advice is that you do not want to get a rec letter from a non-core teacher as your main two especially because a lot of colleges will ask for core teachers so they'll say you know english history math science etc so that's the first thing and the second thing some colleges like mit actually ask you for one stem and one humanities teacher which would not go under you know art or pe now as a supplemental rec letter if you have a soccer coach a basketball coach an art teacher a supplemental rec letter that is an excellent way to kind of bring um, these types of qualities into play for your application so i would say Um, It's not a bad thing, but I just wouldn't use it as a core recommendation for your main two. Um, And then you might want to visit that, revisit that as a supplemental rec letter. Just a question. Aren't most PE teachers history teachers also? (laughs) I don't know. My my PE teacher was, yeah. So to, to answer that. Well, um, by the way, if that's the case, then it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> if your PE teacher is also a history teacher, it's fine. I never took AP US history, but PE teacher, can you be <laughs> my history teacher? <laughs> so who do I need to get recommendations from? Um, this is a more overarching question that pertains a lot to your major choice. For example, if you're applying as an engineer, you know, as an admission officer, I'd be looking forward to seeing a physics teacher or a science teacher in general, or especially a math teacher recommendation to see the academic connection uh, towards your major interest. Um, so what I'd like to generally say about who do I ask from? My response is you want to ask to a core academic teacher, as Jenny said. One of them should reflect your major interest. So say, for example, if you're applying in business, then maybe math or AP uh, macro or microeconomics teacher would be great. Uh, the second is really a matter of studentship. Um, we were talking about, I was talking earlier about the whole chart that people fill out. When a student asks me, I don't know who to choose between this one and this one. Uh, I say, who, do you, who will vouch for your studentship the most? That's really the question I ask. And so uh, I'd like to take a little tangent from this to give a little bit of advice. I often get a follow-up question. Then how, how, do I, how do I ask this from a teacher? How do I nurture this? You know, a really cool tip that I got when I was young, you know, my mom kind of, my, my parents told me that, hey, teacher recommendations are important. And a lot of my friends knew that too, but we never got, we, we knew step A, we just didn't know how to get to step C, which was to actually ask for it. So the B, how to get there. Um, it's really important to spend your lunch, your break, your after school time, um, after classroom time to just briefly kind of 
debrief with your teacher, talk about your day. And even one of the best tricks that I have is go up to your teacher and say, hey, I'm, I've got a free winter break. I've got a free summer. Do you recommend anything for me? Because yeah, I really enjoy advice. this. So in a sense, you're giving away a lot of what you're interested in and it's engaging the teacher. It's creating this chemistry that can hopefully lead to something positive like a good letter of recommendation to end of junior year. And, and let's, uh, let's set the, the boundary here between, so there's debriefing and then there's brown nosing. So <laughs> I say a happy balance of both is a good place to be. And this is just a kind of a general question that I know a lot of students ask me. So how far back on your academic timeline can you go to ask for a rec letter? So like, mm -hmm. can you apply to college and say, say you had a great relationship with your biology teacher your freshman year. Could that teacher write a rec letter for you? Yeah. I always say that the most important thing for recommendations is just what will they be speaking to? Like what will they actually be writing for you for your recommendations? So if you have a teacher, like a biology teacher from freshman year who you're still very close to, then I say go ahead and ask uh, him for a recommendation as long as you're still close to them. Right? And as long as the college says that it's okay. It's okay right. Because so a lot of colleges mm -hmm. will say juniors and seniors only. Um, I mean from your 11th and 12th grade classes only and so that's another right. thing. So that's something you can take into consideration. But usually schools don't have that requirement. And so I would say you can ask a freshman or sophomore year teacher again, as long as you're still close to them or if they supervise you in another setting, like if they're an advisor for a club too. That's actually perfect. So my biology teacher was my science Olympiad advisor. And so she knew me for four years. And so that's a great person to ask because even though you only had one class with them, they still knew you outside of the classroom for four years. Um, okay, so excellent. So. Uh, I, I wanted to also piggyback on what Jay said in terms of like who do I need to get recommendation letters from. I think it's great to get recommendation letters from uh, teachers that can speak to your strengths, obviously. Um, but again, as we kind of go back to what we talked about before, calculate your relationship with them and go to them for advice and see if they're the type of teachers that have a really good relationship with you based on what you know with their relationship with other students, right? Are they... Um, very talkative with other students, but not necessarily with you. Like, how does that kind of dynamic work? And then assess that accordingly. So let's talk a little bit more about supplemental letter letters. I mentioned them earlier, but, you know, w what are supplemental letters is what a lot of parents ask me. And like, you know, how do I approach these? Yeah, so now every school offers the opportunity for a student to submit a supplemental recommendation. But if you can submit a supplemental recommendation, this could be a great opportunity for admission officers to learn more about you. But this time outside of just your average academic setting. And so an example of this could be a coach for a sport that you play, an advisor from a club outside of a school or even a professor that you did an internship with over the summer um, and they can speak to you know how this student is as an employee or an intern or a volunteer and I'm just gonna kind of reiterate the fact that again most importantly just want to consider what they'll be writing for you just because they are an advisor for a club that you are a part of or just because they are um, a professor that you did an internship with doesn't mean that you automatically should be asking them for recommendation only if you're very close to them and, and you're sure that they're gonna be writing very shining things for you for your recommendation should, should you be asking them for rec letters. Um, and, and one last thing, if you're unsure, if you're not sure entirely what they're gonna be writing for you and how good of a relationship you have with uh, that individual, you can politely ask if they feel comfortable recommending you and if they don't, they might, they'll be honest about it and in that way you can avoid any weak recommendations, um, hopefully. So then the question I always get, and maybe you guys can chime in on this, is, but I know a Stanford professor, and Stanford is my dream school. Should I get Stanford professor to write me a rec letter? Um, so how would you guys kind of respond to that? 
I mean, that's a tough one. <clears throat> it just de- it all depends on how many wrecks you have. Do you have two solid ones? Do you have maybe three solid ones? Are you short on some wrecks? Um, so that goes into the calculation. It depends on what the professor is a professor in. The, also, what the relationship is about. Mm-hmm. Is it an uncle? Is it uh, someone you interned with? Is mm-hmm. it? Did you do summer research? All that goes into the calculation. Um, I would say that it doesn't. If it doesn't add value, then you should take a second look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to add value when you when you take all the different elements that you're kind of calculating with your o- overall letter of recommendation strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than not, I would probably say yes. Ask it doesn't hurt to ask for the recommendation, but mm-hmm. there could be some negatives for having too many and for the relationship being nepotism kind yeah, of stuff. You, you definitely like don't want to flood college admissions officers with recommendations. Mm-hmm. Like just because you can submit three teacher recommendations and two supplemental recommendations j- doesn't mean you should right. only if you, they can show maybe a different perspective right. or if they're great r- recommendations. Like I know the mayor of the them. city. I know this professor yeah. and this congresswoman or, or congressman, you the know, prime like, minister of so China. Many, yeah, yeah. So many now things. Just name coming. dropping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I've had students who, have <laughs> so my response to the whole like college thing. So what parents and some students have this notion of is if I get a letter of rec from a Stanford person, then my chances of getting to Stanford are higher. And frankly, I don't see that correlation. Yeah, it's a uh, lot it, like the summer programs. Like if I go to a Stanford summer program, mm-hmm. will I get Precisely. accepted to Stanford? So again, it comes down to who can vouch for your studentship and your character the most. That's really the key for me. Mm-hmm. So then um, leading on to that, so I think you guys hit really good points value does it offer more perspective about who you are as a student um you know does it go beyond the characteristics that are already presented in your application now the other question that i get a lot is um if i was uh, a student and you know my uncle or aunt happens to be um an admissions person or someone that works at that school um how do i you know, make sure that that is something that I mention in my application. And then, yeah, so l- let's talk about that a little bit. Did you, well, you know, it's a tricky question, but do you think there's value in verbally communicating with that relative at the admissions office saying, hey, you know, I'm applying to your school. Do you think it would be valuable to write me a recommendation or how should we do this kind of thing? Yeah, like for a guidance. Good question to ask. Then the other question I get is like, how do I know if the recommendation's good or bad? Can I read it? Do I have access to it? Like, how do I do that? So you're going to be waiving your right to read the recommendation, or we highly recommend that you waive your right to read the recommendation just because colleges know that if you have never seen the recommendation, the recommendation letter is much more likely to be honest. And so you very likely will not be reading the recommendation letters that your teachers will be writing. Sometimes your teachers might be kind of cool and they'll say, you know, here's a hard copy of the recommendation letter that I wrote. Just kind of read off on it, see if there's any mistakes that I made. But once again, usually the teachers will not let you read them if you waive your right to read the recommendation. And here's a good way to know without knowing what they wrote. Just don't be a punk in the classroom. Yeah. You know, just put in your work for, you know, two years, three years, four years and getting to know the professor or teacher, whoever it may be, and build us a positive relationship. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, if you I think the most important part of a recommendation letter is is having a relationship outside of the classroom right you know going to their office hours or playing for whatever team they coach like my one of my record letters was my basketball coach who was also my ap psych teacher and it was awesome because he he had that kind of double duty for me Mm -hmm. um but if you just if you are just polite and well-mannered and you make a good impression as a kid not necessarily as a student that's important too you know we're looking for your character right because 
on a college application, you don't have that many opportunities to show who you are as a kid, as a person, as, as a character. Your essays are one, and your recommendation letter is another. And that's why I think that it's so important to have a relationship outside of the classroom and to just be a good person. Right, yeah. just build it up. And if your relationship with the teachers are, are strong, if, you, if you've known them for a few years, if you've worked to get closer with them, you don't have anything to worry about. And you just kind of have to gauge at that point whether or not based on, the base, based on your relationship with the teachers, if you think that you're, they're, they're going to be writing something good for you. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about each of us and what advice we would give to our students to build a relationship with, with our um, teachers. You know, because not all students are outgoing. You know, even at this table, we have some, you know, some of us who are a little bit more introverted, who are a little bit, we're not the ones that are the most bubbly or outgoing in the classroom. You know, how do I stand out? How do I... I I get this question so many times from my friends or, and my friends, my students. They always ask me, you know, they can how, be your friends. And too. My, <laughs> my students are my friends. You are absolutely right. Um, you know, how how do I stand out? How do I make sure that when I go and talk to my teachers, you know, how do I build that relationship? And my story um, on how I got close to my teachers is very kind of like different just because I ended up babysitting my U.S. history um, my U.S. history's teacher's kids because we got like in a really good relationship mm -hmm. to a point where he was like, hey, you want to babysit my kids? And I love children. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, that's how I built the relationship. Child labor laws, you just added Underage babysitting. I got paid for the babysitting, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think the easiest way, especially for those students who might be a little bit more introverted and have a, no idea how to get closer to their teachers, there's really two things. Number one, just try your best to participate in class. Raise your hand when possible and just show your teachers that you're trying. And number two, anytime you get anything wrong on a homework assignment, on a quiz, or on a test, you sh you're the first person that you should always be going to is your teacher, right? That's, the, that's how you, most students build up that foundation with their teachers to make sure that they're going to their teachers for help whenever something's going on in the classroom. Basically, I think the most important thing is don't be super cool high school person. Right, so everyone in high school just wants to be super what cool, right? What is right? that? I just, Don't I, be I, too I, scared to ask for advice. I, I just pictured you with sunglasses on saying that in high school. <laughs> so California's getting to me. No, but I mean, like you're in high school, you have so much room to grow, and who's available to help you do that? Your teachers. If you show a, a hunger to grow, even if you aren't getting you know, the A pluses in every single class, if you're showing that hunger to grow and the willingness to put in the extra work to improve your teachers are going to remember that mm -hmm. they're going to remember the students who came up to them after class and be like you know i didn't do well in this test and i want to know why so it doesn't happen again i think that's so important mm. for a student teacher relationship mm -hmm. yeah i you know uh you guys are touching on all the the right topics and i completely agree with all that stuff F to to speak to jenny's um introverted student mm -hmm. and, and and richard you're saying try to be active in class so so if you Harken back to Jay's table that he was talking about, it would be wise to kind of take a look at some of those bros mm -hmm. to see, because um, when Travis, you were talking about hunger for growth. I mean, that's a great term because you're going to have a relationship with the teacher for a year, maybe two years, and they want to see depth. They want to see sincerity and be, you being genuine. Mm -hmm. um, you may not be the most vocal in class. And in fact, the recommendation letter I got from my teacher, I wasn't very vocal in that class. It was French. I was terrible in it, but I had AB French. <laughs> but he, he, and he was that cool teacher, like you said, Richard, that showed me his recommendation letter. I waved my right and everything. Um, I but, waved my right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was such a glowing recommendation. It was like a page and a half. It really talked. Like, I felt like I knew him, and he knew me. And it was just like a very 
compelling recommendation letter. And it was the curiosity that needs to come out after school, middle of classes, and just that growth that they see over the years. And then, you know, that would that would work to foster a relationship. It's a it's human beings to human beings. We are communicative people. And if you show that relationship at a serious level and not BSing your way through it or brown nosing, because mm-hmm. these teachers, you know, junior, senior, they can sniff that out and they'll find an ounce of insincerity and that could be a, a big deal for your recommendation. They can see that, you know, there were, they can give you that form good letter, that, that, that form letter, or they can actually go deep and, and invest some time in writing you a customized, personalized letter. Mm-hmm. And too, I think, Jay, before you get going, I just, we need to teach our kids that introvert is like not a dirty word. Yeah, like, for sure. It's okay. Yeah. It really is like not dirty a huge word. problem yeah. to be an introvert. So I have a list. You ready? Um, if you want to get, <laughs> I'm not ready. Yet. Too bad. If you want to get, get a good out. letter no of rec, or if you don't know how to approach this, a couple of things to point out: always approach your class with humility and respect, especially for your teachers, but more importantly to your classmates. There are many cases where you get into group projects, you know, in like AP US history or whatever. And I remember I used to get stuck into groups where I would just complain about my t- partners, like, "Oh, he's not doing any of the work." And I realized, "Oh my gosh, that's like one of the chart things, like mm-hmm. how you address setbacks and how you address concerns for others." Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, ask for advice. That's why your teachers are there. Your teachers feel more empowered when they feel like they're supporting you. Uh, in this way so it's a good feel good feeling um, come prepared to class come don't be a jerk uh, show effort and show that you are wanting to grow show that you're striving for growth and last um, thank you card um, every season teachers like, appreciation coming day up, right Christmas. teachers appreciation day dude a nice handwritten thank you card that goes a long way. Yeah. So does a $25 gift card to Starbucks <laughs> not bribery. bribery but we don't need that <laughs> don't need no. that but hey doesn't hurt. All right. And the last but not least, I think this is like underspoken, especially for um, Asian students. Um, it's come in with a smile to class each day. Um, they'll see that. They'll notice the positive energy that you bring. And that's really the key. Mm-hmm. Do you bring a positive energy to your classroom? Yeah. Do you collaborate? Are you joyful? Are I, you? Feel, I feel like yeah. we just had a Dr. Phil moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and I also want, kind of want to go over really quick. What are some things not to do? Uh, I so, was just going to uh, say that. So I, I can give a, a perfect example of this because a student <laughs> did this to me about two weeks ago. So summer program deadlines are coming up and this student emails me at like seven o'clock at night. The night the program oh is due God. and goes, <laughs> he goes, hey, uh, so I, apparently I have to do rec letters. Meanwhile, we established this in December that he needed <laughs> two. And he goes, do you think you could write one for me? And I was like, sure. I only have eight other meetings, 300 essays. So like, yeah, I'll fit some time in there. So <laughs> give your teacher some time. Yeah. We always say at least a month in advance. The other thing I was going to say, in order to get a good recommendation letter, because again, they're going to be speaking to, to your character and your personality as a student, don't text in class, don't bring your phone out in class, and don't sleep in class, mm-hmm. right? Because they will, they, they notice that. It's so easy for teachers to notice things like that. Absolutely. Wow, wonderful advice from my boys <laughs> in this room today. Um, so excellent. Um, we're actually running out of time, so I do want to just kind of delve into some questions that we got from our listeners. Thank you guys so much for emailing us at the hall pass podcast at gmail.com so two questions i got from our um listeners the first question was i got accepted into three summer programs how do i choose which one is best for me so i think this is a tough question just because first we would need to know which three programs that you got accepted into how long they are what grade you are you know these are kind of really important questions so the most important thing is try to choose the one that's going to be the most valuable to you you where you're going to learn and grow and exceed you know beyond 
what was uh, available for you in, in the classroom. And generally, the ones that are more valuable to you also have an impression and value to colleges. Yeah. And also, congratulations on getting accepted to three summer programs. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah excellent. Um, and then the other question we have is I have to do a three week basketball camp with my high school in order to be on the team next year. So um, I guess it's a requirement for them to do this three week basketball camp. So will this hurt me for college admissions if I end up doing that instead of a summer program? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, we're still active. Yeah. yeah. And the great thing about summer is that you have 12 weeks. Three weeks is not twelve. Yeah. <laughs> so if your other Thank summer you programs the arithmetic. fit into that, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you can you can fit in other things to that. And I think you know if you love basketball and you're passionate about it, this gives you an opportunity to be on JV or varsity. Yeah, absolutely, take the opportunity and, and do the summer camp. There's an opportunity cost when it comes to how you spend your summer. So for the three week basketball camp, um, it really has to. My question. I'd, I'd want to delve a little deeper into the, the case, but generally speaking, I love to see um, sports. I think being in a varsity sport, especially being a captain of a varsity sport in high school, is huge. So those three weeks compared to what else it would be my question. Right. Yeah, feel free to um, send us more information about yourself, and we can definitely give you delve into that a little bit more. All right, thank you all so much for listening to Season 1, Episode 5. If you missed any of our episodes, you can find it on iTunes or our website at thehallpasspodcast.com. We would also love for you to send us an email of general topics and questions you might want us to cover in our podcast at the... The Hall Pass Podcast at gmail.com. I love that. All right. <laughs> next time on Hall Pass, we are going to delve into college interviews. Until next time, everyone. Bye. See you later. Ciao. Yeah.